let me start this morning by asking you an extremely complex question. Okay, you ready for this? What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to accomplish with your life? I know that's a tough question. I know that's hard to answer. I know that's probably not a quick one-statement answer. However, sometimes we need to think about what it is that we want to accomplish. Most of us, if we're sitting here today, we believe that we want to accomplish something with our life. Something, anything, do something. Whether it's helping a lot of people, or becoming super successful, or raising your family to be strong, independent people, uh, whatever it is, most of us want to accomplish something with our lives. Let me ask this question. Have you ever articulated what you want to do with your life? Written it down, spoken it to someone. Have you ever had that conversation? You are not here on this earth just to sit around and do nothing. You're not. You're here for a purpose. So what do you want to accomplish with your life? I think sometimes when we're forced to sit down and actually think about this, some of us will often think about some grandiose, awe-inspiring, incredible feat that we would like to accomplish. A feat that's nigh unto impossible to actually accomplish. We think of becoming the most successful billionaire the earth has ever known. All right, maybe you don't. I do. We think upon uh, bringing aid to millions upon millions of people. Wouldn't that be awesome to help millions of people? We think about eradicating homelessness. We think about completing, completely fixing the hunger problem. We imagine coming up with a solution for AIDS. We imagine coming up with a solution for cancer. And the list could go on and on about things that we want to do in our lives that we would like to accomplish. For me, I often think about Acts chapter 2 and seeing thousands upon thousands of people come to Jesus Christ. 3,000 people at a time, right? That's what I imagine doing something with my life. My purpose in life, I think of great, grandiose things. But when we think about the purpose, we all want to experience results like this right away, don't we? We want to be the most rich person in the world right now. We want to help and and eradicate homelessness right now. We want to fix the hunger problem right now. We want to come with a cure for cancer right now. We want to give the greatest invention right now. We all want everything right now. We live in a right now world. But our story today is not a story of big time results. Our story today is a story about one single individual. One single individual individual. Let's go to Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. The Bible says this. Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. The Bible says, now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Watch this, verse 2. And a certain man Lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have Give I thee, 
In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaped, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. This story that we read today is not about 3,000 people getting saved. This story that we read today is about one single individual. So I want you to think today about making a difference in one life. Let me say that one more time. I want you to think today about making a difference in one life. You see, we pass individuals every day. Every day we pass individuals. We pass by people with stories. We pass by people with problems, some of them major problems. We pass by people every single day that are hurting, that are in need constantly. There's an author, his name is Stephen Covey. He writes a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and in that book, he recalls a story that I think is extremely helpful for us today. He says this, one Sunday morning on a subway in New York, people were sitting quietly, some reading newspapers, some lost in thought, some resting with their eyes closed. It was a calm, peaceful scene. Then suddenly, a man and his children entered the subway car. The children were so loud and rambunctious that instantly the whole climate of the subway changed. The man sat down next to me and closed his eyes, apparently oblivious to the situation. The children were yelling back and forth, throwing things, even grabbing people's newspapers. It was very disturbing. And yet the man sitting next to me did nothing. It was difficult not to feel irritated. I could not believe that he could be in, so insensitive as to let children run wild like that and simply do nothing about it, taking no responsibility at all. It was easy to see that everyone else in the subway felt irritated as well. So finally, with what I felt like was unusual patience and restraint, he said, I turned to him and said this, Sir, your children are really disturbing a lot of people. I wonder if you couldn't control them just a little bit more. The man lifted his gaze as if to come to consciousness of the situation for the first time and said softly, oh, you're right. I guess I should do something about it. We just came from the hospital where their mother died about an hour ago. I don't know what to think. And I guess they don't know how to handle it either. Can you imagine, he said, what I felt in that moment? said, my paradigm shifted. Suddenly I saw things differently, and because I saw differently, I, I thought differently. And because I thought differently, I felt differently. And because I felt differently, I behaved differently. My irritation vanished. He said, I didn't have to worry about controlling my attitude or my behavior. My heart was filled with the man's pain. Feelings of sympathy and compassion flowed freely. He said, your wife just died? Oh, I'm so sorry. Can you tell me about it? What can I do to help? Everything changed for him in an instant. You see, people 
are individuals. Do we miss the individuals in our lives? Do we miss them? Are we missing opportunities like this poor man and his family? Because we aren't actually paying attention to them. How many of us on this day walking into the temple at the gate beautiful, how many of us would have just walked right on by this man? How many of us would have never even seen him? By the way, the point of this story is not just to meet the physical needs of the man at the gate, but to meet his spiritual needs. This man can serve as a picture of a lost and broken soul in need of a savior. He's been lame from his mother's womb. Though we can meet physical needs, it must be with the intention of pointing them to Jesus, who is the only one who can heal their spiritual needs. But as we sit here today and as we think about these two stories and how individuals pass us every single day, let me ask you this question. What stops us from seeing the individuals all around us? What stops us from seeing the individuals? I want to give you three reasons why we miss individuals. Three reasons why we miss individuals. Number one, we've kind of already talked about it. We are too obsessed with major results. We are too obsessed with major results. A commentator by the name of David Thompson said this. Now keep in mind, Peter and John have just been involved with preaching God's word and literally seeing God save thousands of people just a few verses before. They had been involved in what he calls big time ministry with what he calls big time results. They could have easily walked by this one guy without even batting an eye. After all, what is one broken down beggar compared to thousands who had just been saved? But this teaches us something about the early church. One was just as important as thousands. Let me say that again. One was just as important as thousands. These apostles took time to minister to one hurting sinner. We must never forget this. Reaching one is just as significant as reaching thousands. Some churches get all caught up in numbers, but not Peter and John. I want you to notice Acts chapter 3 and verse 2 one more time. Acts chapter 3 and verse 2. And a certain man. Write it down. And a certain man. And a certain man. Again, this was a time when thousands of people would be going to the temple. This was a time when thousands of people would be staring at the beautiful gate. This was a time when thousands of people were around. And in Peter and John's mind, no doubt, they're relishing in the fact that they just came off of thousands of people getting saved. Yet, the Holy Spirit pricks their heart and says, hey, there's one. And if Peter and John are anything like you and I, ah, it's just one. Ah, I don't have time, I'm tired. I've just been with thousands. You see, so often we can get so consumed with massive results that we forget about the individual. We want to make change with tens, hundreds, thousands, millions of people. We don't want to be bothered with an individual. We don't want to be bothered with one soul. 
But you understand today that Jesus died for every individual. Jesus died for every single man, in woman, and individual on planet Earth ever. Even the 3,000 that were just saved, guess what they were made up of? Individuals. There's 3,000 different people. There have been so many times that I myself have missed individuals because I've been too focused on a crowd. It's sharing time for me. I'll walk out of this place after a Sunday and I'll be thinking about all the people that I just ministered to. I'll be thinking about the hurt that some of you have shared with me and I'll be thinking about the joy that others of you have shared with me and I'll just be relishing in the fact of how wonderful today has gone. I'll step outside of the door and people walk this sidewalk all the time. and They just keep going. I never said hello. never said, hey, how are you doing? There's often people sitting in the parking lot when I leave. There's a waitress at the restaurant when we go. There's just people, and I miss them constantly. I'm too concerned with everybody at church that I miss those people. I had one time, I can remember this to this day, I had locked up everything. We were leaving. I pulled out of this driveway, and I started going this way, and I I forgot something. So I pulled over on this side. Don't ever do that, by the way. I was facing that way on this side. And I looked up, and here comes a man walking to the front of the church. I said, I know him. I said, hey, what's going on? He says, I just want to come in and see inside. I just want to see what's going on here. And I said, okay, come on in. And I knew some of the things that this man was going through. I knew some of the th- he does not attend our church. I knew some of the things that he was going through. And I, I walked him in, and I, we stood at those two doors, let him look around. And then we left. I got in the car, and my wife said, what was all that about? So I told her. She says, did you pray with him? Uh, no. You ask him how he was doing? No. And in that moment, my wife convicted me of everything that I'm trying to tell you today. Listen, Sometimes we're so focused on everything that's going on, uh, thinking about lunch and where we got to get to, and thinking about uh, the next thing that we're going to do tonight, and we're thinking about all the things that may have gone on, and we miss the individual. We miss them. Sometimes we miss them when we're at the grocery store, when we're at the gas station. Even when we come to church. You know, it's easy to come to a church and have this big of a gathering and still miss the individual. Don't get so obsessed with major results that we miss out on the individual. Number two, we are in conflict with other Christians. We miss the individual because sometimes we're in conflict with other Christians. Did you happen to notice who the two people are involved here? Let's, let's look at this. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Two people, Peter and John. Does that raise any red flags to anybody? There are not two opposite, more opposite people in the world than Peter and John. 
Could you not get two different people in personality? Peter was loud, outspoken, and very opinionated. John was soft-spoken, reflective, and tender. The commentator John Phillips said this, Peter was a doer, John was a dreamer. Peter was a motivator, John was a mystic. Peter had his feet on the rock, John had his head in the clouds. These two could not have been any more different in personality or in demeanor, yet these two people walked together. John Phillips continues, before they had been mutual disciples of Jesus, now they were members of a common body. Before they knew friendship, now they enjoyed fellowship. Can you imagine with me Peter and John walking to the temple, arguing about what the other had done? Can you imagine? I can. Absolutely, I can imagine this. John might say something a little bit like this. Peter, you are so loud and obnoxious. And John, or excuse me, uh, Peter might say, well, why don't you just back off, buddy? You're just jealous that I just preached and 3,000 people got saved. And John would say, well, if you weren't so loud and let somebody else speak, then that would have been able, then we would have been able to lead some of those people to Christ ourselves. And can you imagine the bickering going on back and forth? Be very easy. Be very to see. By the way, this is not abnormal for Peter and John. They did this multiple times while they were following Jesus. Hey, I want to sit on your right hand. Hey, I'm greater than you. Hey, what about this man? What is he going to do? Constantly they were bickering and fighting, and Jesus would often bring them in, but not here. Here they are unified. Here they're working together. They're not focusing on each other's shortcomings, but they're looking beyond themselves, and they're seeing the needs of others. And no doubt, Peter's the upfront man. No doubt, Peter's the one jumping out and doing things. Listen, Peter and John ran into the tomb of Jesus. John beat him there. John stopped at the outside. What did Peter do? Bulldozed in there. John steps in meekly, quietly. Peter bulldozes out of there. What in the world just happened? And John just thinks contemplatively. So they're so, so different. Listen, are you missing out on the needs of individuals because you're in conflict with someone else? Are you more concerned with what that other person is doing and not seeing that there's an individual right in front of you? Listen, you could come to this place week after week after week after week and say, oh, i got to make sure I avoid so-and-so. And in avoiding so-and-so, guess what you do? You miss out on the person who you need to talk to. You could do this in a myriad of different ways, often thinking about how they hurt you or how they've uh, 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 come, come across in a certain way and just so many different things. Are you missing people because all you're consumed about with is what somebody else is doing? See, a unified body of believers, a unified group, a unified team moving forward is so much better than a house divided. House divided against itself cannot stand. I've given the illustration multiple times, but my dad would play basketball with my brother and I. 
My dad and my brother are fairly equal in, I would say, skill and height. Both about 5'6". I'm 5'11". Basketball, piece of cake, right? I would say I'm quite a bit less in skill than they are, but I try to make up for it with the height. So my dad would often play my brother and I, and he would beat us constantly. There's no way he should have beat us. But you know what he would get us doing? He'd get us fighting. See, my brother's job was to stay up top and guard my dad up top, and if my dad ever made it past him, I was the big man down, down low, and I was going to take care of it. And when my brother messed up, guess what I would do? I would blame my brother, and I'm like, you're an idiot. Why did you just let him go by? And the whole time, I'm concentrated on my brother. My dad's going right by me as well. But you see what happens is we get focused on other people. We get focused on our teammates and we forget about the individual. So let me encourage you. If you've got an issue with somebody in this place or you've got an issue with a family member or if you've got an issue with this, can I encourage you? Please take care of it. You say, that's going to be hard. Yes, it's going to be hard. That's going to be difficult. Yes, it will be something difficult, but can I encourage you? What will happen is you will miss individual after individual after individual after individual because of your conflict. Don't let it go. So not only do we miss people because we are in conflict with other Christians, not only do we miss people because, excuse me, we are too obsessed with major results, but number three, we miss people because we just simply don't see them. We simply don't see them. Go to Acts chapter 3 and verse 4. The Bible says this. Who seeing Peter, excuse me, and Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said, look on us. Their eyes, they fixed their eyes, they fastened their eyes, they looked directly at him. He gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. We find out in actually Acts chapter 4, if you want to turn over there real quick. Acts chapter 4 and verse 22. We find out that this man is 40, at least 40 years old. For the man was above 40 years old on whom the miracle of healing was showed. I want, you, I want you to see something. This man has been lame for 40 years. From his mother's womb, he was above 40 years old. It is extremely likely that Peter and John and probably a few other disciples had passed by this man before. But why this time? Why this time? Perhaps before they were distracted by the beautiful gate. It was called the beautiful gate. Perhaps before they were more concerned with being on time. Perhaps before they were more concerned with who was going to be the greatest in heaven or not. It really doesn't matter what happened before. All we know is that this time, this time they are filled with the Holy Ghost and they are seeing people differently than they have ever seen them before. There was a time when the disciples, all of them, 
were in a crowd of people, approximately 5,000 men. Not women and children. That doesn't count women and children. So there's an approximate number of about 15,000 people in this crowd. And Jesus is preaching and teaching to them, and he's talking, and he's telling them all kinds of wonderful things about the kingdom of God. And what do the disciples do? You know what they say? Send them away. The day is far spent. Send them away. So instead of them saying, send them away, instead of them saying, hey, get out of here, buddy. Don't mess with us right now. Instead of that, they began seeing them differently. You see, they were being moved with compassion. They were seeing people how Jesus saw them. I want to show you Matthew chapter 14 and verse 14. The Bible says this, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. The very next verse, verse 15, And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. Get them out of here. You see the contrast? This time they are not seeing people the way that they used to see people. This time they are not seeing people the way that they wanted to see people. This time there's a big difference in their vision. They were not just brushing them off. Remember, they are filled with the Holy Spirit and they were sensitive to that still, small voice. And now they see the man. They see him in his need. Let me ask you a question. You may hear a message like this and leave this place and think, okay, I need to pay attention more. Listen, that would be wonderful, but I think you're still missing the point. The point is not so much that, oh, they just happened to run into somebody. Oh, they just happened to see this man. No, listen, the point is this. The Holy Spirit was moving and speaking and working in their lives like it had never done before. And that's when they started seeing them as God would see them. Let me ask you today, what's your relationship like with Jesus? We talked a lot about relationships today. But here's the reality. If this relationship is not right, this relationship will never be right. And if you have conflict with somebody here this way, guess what? This relationship is not right. That's why my encouragement to you today is not to leave this place and go look at everybody that you can possibly look at and see them and see them in their need and try to help them. Though that would be wonderful. My point today is this relationship has to be right. The Holy Spirit has to be working in and through you like never before. Listen, you can always try to help somebody, and that will be wonderful. But you will never experience the Acts chapter 3 and verse 6 that says, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. It wasn't Peter and John. It wasn't Peter and John doing better. 
It wasn't Peter and John trying harder. It was Peter and John filled with the Holy Ghost and seeing people in their need. Let me ask you this. Are we prepared to alter or change our plans when the Holy Spirit urges us to reach out to somebody? But I have lunch plans. But I'm going to the temple at the hour of prayer. We're we're going to pray. I, I don't have time for this. Are we prepared to do something drastic in order to see people in their need and point them to Jesus? I ask you a very pointed question. Are you willing to make a difference in one person's life this week? Are you willing? Will you be looking for that individual as you get up from your seat today? Not even as you walk out the doors, but as you get up from your seat. There might be somebody here that needs you to speak to them today. Let me ask you again, what do you want to accomplish with your life? If you want to help millions of people, I can guarantee you this, it starts with one. Starts with one. See people like Jesus saw them. Have compassion and make a difference one person at a time. Again, it can only come when you see people like Jesus saw them. And the only way you can see people like Jesus saw them is when Jesus is living in you and working through you. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for all you've done for us. Father, I pray that this would have been a help and encouragement to people today. Father, I pray that as we go from this place, Father, we would be filled with your spirit. We would die to our selfish ways. That we would realize that, Father, this life is not worth living unless we're living it with you. Father, this world, people that are outside of these doors, the people, some that are inside of these doors, Father, some of them need an encouraging word. Some of them need a meal dropped off. Some of them need a hand up. Some of them are calling out for your name. Father, how shall they hear without a preacher? I pray that today, Bible Baptist Church would be different, not because of some message that we preach, but Father, because of a, the Spirit of God living inside of us and acting through us. Father, would you help us make a difference? And if some have compassion, making a difference. Father, if there's one here today that doesn't know you as personal Savior, I pray that today would be that day. Father, we'll commend them to you. Pray all these things in Jesus' name.